0: Fundamentally, uh, my, my talk will represent a sort of reaction to uh, the Weinstein affair. Ah. Uh, I think it, uh, it is much more important than, uh, well, of course, the scandal itself is important, but it, it has a further meaning it changes the, the way we represent the sexual act uh, in society. Historically speaking, there are two uh, way, uh, two important way of uh, two important ways of uh, representing the sexual act. One, a the model of fusion of the bodies two bodies at the beginning become one the second model is model of use one body uses the other body in order to reach pleasure or enjoyment or uh, procreation or simply uh, uh, as, a, as a as a tool the first model uh, has been ex- explained with uh, striking brutality by the Latin poet Lucretius, uh, first century before Christ. His argument goes as follows. The fusion of, of bodies would be possible if the sexual act was similar to drinking or eating but that's not the case that's the reason why the sexual act is fundamentally a suffering each partner is seeking enjoyment and experiences a complete lack of enjoyment hardly compensated by a brief instant of pleasure very brief instant of pleasure not of enjoyment the sort of disparition of tension let's say very curiously this model was taken again by Kant who says openly that the sexual act has cannibalism and it's Ideal, It's fundamentally savage, inhuman. Happily, civilization may put some limits to it. Essentially, marriage in Kant's conception. In both Lucretius and Kant, the relationship is strictly symmetrical. Man is not more or less cannibal than the woman and the reverse. The woman is as cannibal as the man. Well, you know, uh, things like uh, wounds, uh, the... the the hickeys and things like that are in Lucretius and Kant's mind an allusion to devoration. The second model is (coughs) presently the most current. Uh, Kant develops it also. So two models are present in Kant. In that model... It's also symmetrical. Man uses the body of the woman. The woman uses the body of the man. In both cases, the subject denies his own humanity for two reasons. First reason, each of them denies their own humanity because they accept to make objects of themselves comparable to I don't know, a pillow or a knife or something like that. Second reason, each of them denies its own humanity by using the other as a pillow or a knife or Anything like that. The only possibility, in Kant's view, for each of them to recuperate uh, their humanity is to conclude a contract. Each partner is willingly accepting to become a thing because. Exactly at the same instant, the other guarantees that they will not consider the first partner as the thing. That's what, in Kant's view, is allowed by marriage and only by marriage. Marriage is a contract where each of them, Recuperates its own humanity. In other words, it's not said like that as explicitly by Kant, but without marriage, the sexual act is a crime against humanity. In fact, it's a first and foremost crime against humanity. Here again, both. In the problem and in the solution, symmetry, reciprocity, and simultaneity simultaneity are of the essence. But since Kant, something happened. In fact, Marx. Because Marx, for the first time, had a reflection about usage. And his conclusion was that usage can never be symmetrical. When one uses a tool, a glass, uh, a bottle, a knife, he makes himself the master of this tool. In the same way, the employer by using the arbeitcraft force of work of the worker becomes the master of this worker. Of course, apparently, there is a contract. Apparently, the worker is free to propose to to sell, in fact, his own time of work in exchange exchange of a certain amount of money. And in classical economies, this contract was supposed to be not only formally legal, but materially equal, symmetrical, simultaneous, and reciprocal. Kant, I mean, Marx shows that the the free consent on the part of the worker is only apparent, apparently free. When he (coughs) is selling his time of work, the worker doesn't know that he's selling something else, namely is force of work which is able to create value. And this create value, this mehrwert, plus value in French, what is it it is in English? Surplus Surplus value. Surplus value. This surplus value is never symmetrically paid by any amount of money. So the time is paid by an amount of money but not the surplus value that is created during that time of work what appears to me in the Weinstein affair is that spontaneously the sexual act is now sort of sort of a radical unequality, either social inequality or purely uh, occasional inequality, uh, physical force, uh, prestige, uh, and so on. If you think in those terms, the question of consent on the part of the weakest partner is, has no importance anymore. Exactly as in Marx's argument, the weakest of the two may believe to have been free in accepting the exchange, but in fact, that weakness corrupts the, the, their very acceptance. even if the weakest partner has said yes i consent i'm willing and even though the, that partner this partner is very sincere the fact that this weakest partner is objectively the weakest doesn't change with the consent in the same way in marx the the employee in sentimental novels the employee may be sincerely devoted to his to to the 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 employee may be sincerely devoted to the master he may love his master he may think of his master as a weak being delicate fragile But on the other hand this sincerity doesn't change the fact that the employee is socially the the weakest one in the relationship. So the relationship between master and employee is according to Marx intrinsically a violence. Whatever the the appearance Mm -hmm. of sweetness uh, may prevail. It seems to me that a new step, moreover, has, has been made with the Weinstein affair. It's not only the question the fact that the consent becomes irrelevant it's an, an essential part of the, uh, the Me Too movement, the fact that consent is irrelevant because under the appearance of consent there may be uh, a violence, even though the, 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 the subject does not recognize that violence as such. That's a very important part. But by doing so, the Me Too movement, not explicitly but let's say potentially is taking a a new approach the distinction between weak and strong is not as it was objectively defined in terms of objective, material force, physical force, objective, material wealth, uh, objective and material influence, uh, social prestige, and so on and so on. In fact, the distinction between weak and strong among partners is becoming structural. Women are structurally weak as opposed to men, whether they are objectively weak or not. In the same way that in Marxist, Marxist approach, the proletariat was st- structurally weak, although it was materially strong. The connection between structural weakness with objective material force is an essential dimension of uh, the Marxist approach. And of course the business, let's say, of the revolutionaries is to make this distinction work in such a way that the structural weakness may be abolished and become a structural force. The, the aim is to to put into coincidence structural force and material force, structural weakness and material weakness, or with transformation of structural weakness in structural force by uh, the revolutionary work. Consequently going back to the sexual act, or every act, every sexual act where a woman is implied with a man, whether or not she has, she has consented to it, whether or not she has, she has found pleasure in it, whether or not she took... The initiative, whether or not uh, she uh, has no complaint, let's say. In fact, it's the use by a structurally strong partner of a structurally, structurally weak partner. So, whatever happened in, let's say, the anecdote, this act, this sexual act, is structurally a rape. Till now, there was a difference of nature between a consented sexual act and rape. And now, it seems that a new perspective appears where the difference is only a difference of degree and a difference of degree that is becoming more and more tenuous in the same way that the difference of degree between the appropriation of the working force and the theft was for a long time Sort of sort as a difference of nature, and since Marx it is considered as a difference of degree a difference of degree that tends to be imperceptible but if that is the approach, that means that human kind is radically separated structurally separated between the structurally strong and the structurally weak it's not true anymore that you can say human beings are born and remain free and equal in rights because they are born Maybe not born, it's a question of gender, so I, I, I won't, but then at least what is clear, they do not remain, whatever, whatever happens, they do not remain equal in rights because of this structural difference between weak and strong that has nothing to do with objective and material weakness and strength mankind is divided in two when the sexual act is concerned the structurally strong must be immediately suspected to have abused of their strength the principle according to which the doubt is beneficial to the accused party doesn't hold anymore. The notion of fair trial is irrelevant as is irrelevant the possibility for a worker to engage a procedure against his boss as long as the contract is legally correct. I mean, no judge would accept the argument that no legal contract is fundamentally unequal. The struggle against capitalism cannot be, cannot, I mean, at the end, cannot be a judiciary matter. In the same way, of course, there will be a trial in Weinstein's case, but those who complain that the trial, the matter has already been settled by the media's, the opinion, they are right. But they do not take into account that they are right because of a shift in the defining of weakness and strength, the defining of sexual partnership as such. (coughs) If I may express myself in purely Marxist terms, I would say that as in economy, sexual life is now governed by a class struggle, even though the sexual classes are not defined in economic terms or in terms of structural force and structural weakness. The Me Too movement may be summarized as follow structural weakness must become an objective force objective force does not today affect structural weakness even though women as a sexual class win the case against Weinstein there are still remaining structurally Week. I won't go further, but just a passing remark. My analysis relies on a fundamental principle of st- structuralism, linguistic stru- structuralism, the disjunction of objective qualities and structural features. Of course, in the present state of society the structurally strong are men versus women but of course that's not the case if you take the, uh, the sexual act between an adult, either woman or man and, and a child or a minor in that case even in, in the law the minor is considered as structurally weak,
1: mm-hmm.
0: even though it may be, what may happen when minor is uh, 16 or 17, uh, stronger materially than the, uh, the, the, sexual, the sexual partner, the older partner. The general question should be raised now. If you believe in human rights, does that mean that human rights only apply to one partner, to one sexual partner at the same time? I mean, it's not possible to apply human rights to both partners. Only they apply only to the weakest, structurally weakest partner. Mm-hmm. In that case, that means that the sexual act modifies radically the interpretation of human rights. Freud would have said that the reason for that is that sexuality in itself is exterior to civilization. He expresses himself in this way in 1912. So sexuality in itself has no sense of rights because rights are a part of civilization and civilization is, in fact, a way of defining rights. As a conclusion, I would say that the only political leader who has captured the significance of the Weinstein case is, in my mind, Donald Trump. (laughs) (laughs) He, He has quite understood the... The importance of the question of the dif- division, difference between structural force and uh, weakness and strength and objective weakness, strength and weakness. He spends his time in denying repeatedly that there are structurally weak classes, weak persons, weak individuals. He denies that so repeatedly that I conclude that he has, he has understood what is at stake. <laughs> the only definition admissible for, for force and weakness in, in Trump's mind is purely objective. The migrants, he says, are considered by liberals to be structurally weak. And as structurally weak, they are entitled, and they are the only one to be entitled, as opposed to the US government, I mean, they are the only one to be entitled to have rights, human rights. The answer, Trump's answer, is that no. Migrants, since structural weakness doesn't exist let us consider objective material force and weakness and the answer is that migrants are potentially destined to be objectively stronger hence the necessity to act very quickly against them before This possibility of objective strength uh, crystallizes. And the best tactics is not only to act quickly, but to aim among migrants at those who are at the same time objectively and structurally. Weakest among the structurally weak, I mean, those who are considered as structurally weak by the liberals. And who are those who are, at the same time, objectively and structurally the weakest among the structurally weak? The children. Hence, the necessity, the logical and practical necessity for Trump to aim at the children. Mm-hmm in more general terms I would say that it's not only a question of structural versus objective strength and weakness in more general terms I think that he conceives politics in a strict analogy with the two representations of the sexual act I recall I uh, remind you of the, these two conceptions: Either two become one by the abolition of one of the two political, in political terms that is called war, or two remains two, one using the other in political language that is called peace if you look closely at the dealings with North Korea you see that the two patterns were used successively the first pattern was a pattern of two namely United States and North Korea the original two will become one that is United States will destroy North Korea and after a certain time, it appeared that the two may remain two, and the condition that the U- US government is able to use North Korea for a certain aim. If it appears that usage is impossible, then you will go back to the first model. To be to summarize, my position, I would say, that Trump aims to be the whole world's Weinstein, <laughs> and of course, is confident that, as opposed to women, no country outside the United States will admit to be structurally weak. So. Has a free field for his conception of politics. Thank That's you. my conclusion. Thank you.
2: Well, we we all read so much about the and heard so much about the MeToo movement, but this was like. I think that's the only thing that anyone should read about it. And now I'm thinking, uh, I'm thinking, you know, someone like me that comes from a little country like Cyprus that's been bustled around for decades, uh, mm-hmm. I think Cyprus should start saying me too, me mm-hmm. too, and uh, start a countrywide movement. Uh, first, what we'll do is, uh, Slava will respond, and then we'll open it no, up to the audience. Directly.
3: I have my own small piece. I have lots of questions, but I'm, I'm sure the audience Stalinist. have as well. I'm not such a good Stalinist, although I would like to be, to be able to prepare my response even before knowing what you will say. This was possible only at the high point of socialist democracy in Moscow no, first I must say how proud I am absolutely seriously to be here uh, can, I,
2: can I interrupt you, sorry you've been interrupting me so I can do that Sorry, uh, there's so many people sitting yeah, on miss- the steps and there's empty seats at the front so do come along, there's empty seats yeah, you don't have to sit on the steps for the whole of the event
3: especially here in the first row and so on
2: No one wants to be near us.
3: Yeah, I got it,
1: yes.
3: (laughs) Okay, I still, so that we don't lose time, you can still move, I'm not bothered by that. First, I just wanted to say how proud I am to be here, because I, okay, those of you who know United States, can you imagine such an intervention at an American campus and then him surviving kids. I claim immediately there would have been, because I, for a much more modest indications only, already experienced that they caught security guards or threat to public, and places where something like this is possible to talk like this are important. Second point, before I go to my piece, I would just like to... (coughs) React positively, of course, to a couple of points. You know, where only I would qualify a little bit your status. What I find so provocative in Kant is that he doesn't speak about mutual use of persons but of organs, parts of the person. He says, Marriage is a contract of two persons, adults, and so on, for the mutual use of their sexual organs. And he's very strict here, in a way which you cannot even imagine, did he mean it in a slightly ionic way or not? In his Metaphysique der Sitten, Rechtlehre, the pure, uh, 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 the pure teaching on rights, he evokes the example, a husband escapes from home. And he asks, does the wife have the right to call police to bring him back? He says, yes, but not because of any moral consideration, marriage, spiritual, because she ran away with part of her property. (laughs) So he goes, and uh, I think that although this was a shock already to Hegel and so on, But you know that there is a whole school of Kantian feminists today, who like this brutal egalitarian, non-sentimental approach, and as you already pointed out, they are equal. The second thing, what nonetheless surprises me, is how, uh, although I totally subscribe to your analysis, but how, at least with the majority of new feminist wave, they reject at least explicitly this Marxist obvious lesson. Contract, free contract can also be a form of coercion. Not only this, but with many of them, in at least I know, I've seen them in Sweden, in the United States and so on, they think that the solution is Contract. It's not a marriage contract, but it is what Kant. He uses an obscene term like uh, forni- fornication the fornication contract. Like basically, it's one night stand contract. Like I need someone to be sure that. We are equal. We both sign a contract, and it's a complex contract. It's not just we both want to do it. You have to declare that that you don't have AIDS. You have to declare that your religion, not to cheat, and like, uh, and then uh, you have to. In some contrast, you even have. I've seen them. It's wonderful. It's bureaucracy. Uh, you you have to decl- You have to specify the limits, like. Anal penetration, no, or whatever, and so on. And it shocks me how many of them, as if although they pretend to be leftists or whatever, haven't. It's as if they haven't heard of this. And uh, another ridiculous detail that I've noticed: what you mentioned, how coercion—it's not enough consentment. Uh, uh, It can still be a coercion, but then I did ask some of them. Radical, me too. I've met them in New York. Okay, but unfortunately, in our societies, the fact is that I'm sorry to be vulgar. Millions of people of both sexes are searching partners still and uh, want to do it. So, if even a, a yes is not enough. It's not enough that no means no. It can be still a coerced yes. How then do you do it? And it's so, proving your point, it's so ridiculous because the only answer I got from them is it must be a really enthusiastic yes. (laughs) And I cannot imagine a more vulgar, humiliating thing for the woman. Let me give you an example which I like to use because it's distasteful, which is why I like to use Imagine you are a woman, you see a nice man, you have all the right, my God, to trying to seduce him. But let's imagine the man is very shy, afraid of, and doesn't answer. So what should you do? Jump in front of him, yes, please, F me, yes, please, or whatever. I mean, the problem cannot be solved. It cannot be solved uh, at, this, uh, at this level. Also, what I like very much in what you said is this historical dimension, that something new emerged. I always explode when people put things in a line of continuity and say, you see, the same struggle, 68 goes on. I think already mentioned, if not in my class, then in my past visits here, you must remember it from our youth, didn't in 72 wasn't there in France a big public manifesto for abolishing the prohibition of incest and it was signed by all big names, named them Sartre, Gatari, uh, Foucault, all of them which claims that sexual liberation will only be achieved when even this last barrier adult children, and they were very specific also, parents their children, when everybody can do it with everybody. Can you even imagine something like this today? So it's not one simple continuity of sexual liberation there are, there are uh, tremendous changes. Okay Okay now allow me please, it will not be more than a quarter of an hour my line of talk. I want to do something which I think comes close to what Jean Claude was doing. I want to take an apparently extreme example, rather two of them, but uh, to prove a point that they are not just stretching imagination too far, but they are a kind of a, in a structural. Matrix: the extreme point to understand what is happening, you have to evoke them, although they are an extreme case. Let me begin with a case which doesn't directly concern sexuality, but which makes me really depressive. Everyone who is troubled by the new anti-immigrant populism should make the effort to watch, did you see it? You can download it on Pirate Bay, Europa, the last battle. It's 10 hours documentary on the fate of 20th century, and it's no longer that still anti-Nazi bullshit and so on. It's simply open anti-Semitic attack on the entire left. Jews were at it from the very, uh, from the very, beginning uh, 20th century was dominated by Jewish bankers. Uh, Judaism stood behind communism. You know all those myths that. The key figure is Trotsky, who, when he was in New York in 1916, was there, financed, given money by Jewish bankers to do the revolution. And then uh, 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 Jews directly financed the October Revolution to deal a mortal, to deal a blow to Russia, a staunch defendant of Christianity. Hitler was a peaceful patriot who, after being democratically elected, changed Germany from devastated land to a welfare country with the highest living standard in the world. So Jews declared war on him and so on and so on and uh, then you have it's wonderful you have critical theory there Adorno, Horkheimer with the idea that you know this right-wing myth that when communists saw in 1920 that there will not be a pan-European revolution they said let's step back and first ruin Europe spiritually Christianity family values and so on that's why I like this Uh, This horror, because I try to imagine it concretely, that Communist Center in Moscow directly created Frankfurt School. I mean, can you imagine Stalin deciding, you know, like, oh my God, Adorno, he sounds interesting, let's give him some money to develop, and so on. And then... uh, we come to this notion of uh, the cultural Marxism as the ultimate horror, which is against the communist plot. And now things get most interesting when we reach now the wave of immigration. There you get something which is quite incredible, what I cannot but call uh, antisemitic, uh, not even anti-Semitic Zionism, it's direct anti-Semitism, their idea is this one. Uh, Yes, immigrants are coming, but they are only the visible part. We fear them, we see them, but behind them are, of course, the Jews. And one of the names is here, Soros, and so on. So in a typical way, they claim that the entire Middle East conflict between state of Israel and Palestinians, is a fake to dupe us, Christian Western people. They are really working together to destroy Europe. And it's, I mean, it's absolutely full rehabilitation of Hitler, and it ends up quite shamelessly with how only Hitler, a new Hitler, can save us, the, 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 pro, the problem is, I think this is not just an exaggeration. Of course, if you say to today's populists, oh, you're exaggerating, we are not like that. It's, I think just their line of thought brought to the end. For example, in my country, Slovenia, we have a debate where right-wing nationalists want to rehabilitate Those Slovene guards who, with the German help, fought partisans' resistance in World War II. And they use this tricky logic, the same is used, I think, in some Baltic countries, where they say, okay, it was a tough choice, Germans were bad, but communist partisans were a greater threat. So they did the heroic, tragic choice. Putting their nation first, they are the true heroes. No, you see, it's no longer that in the first stage, right-wingers just said we suffered. All partisans are not clean. We should measure them with the same stick. No, no, no. Now they are already moving forward. They were the true heroes, and. My idea is: Why don't you then go to the end and say the same about Hitler? He may do something problematically, but he wants to save Europe against Bolshevism. He fought the right battle. He is the true hero. I quite, quite seriously, I think that this is what we are gradually approaching. So now to go to my example.
4: Uh,
3: With human rights, obviously, the problem is where do you set the limit? I am for expanding them and so on and so on, but let me give you an example. I learned about it, I have documents, I am a fanatic, like KGB, you always put documents for further use. Uh, You know that uh, there is already a movement which claims that... uh, Our university system, because in it, if it is just, intelligent people, people who are good at their job, have greater success. So they claim this is the violation of human rights of stupid people. So you have already in some campuses a system where, if you prove that you are, with IQ tests, you go to a psychiatrist, that you are stupid, They claim this is not this doesn't depend on you this is mostly so they think uh, uh, mostly uh, uh, genetics biology and partially bad education you are not responsible for it why should you be given not be given the same chance so you already have special measures if you are in this category of of course they don't use this term stupid probably something like intelligence, challenge, challenge whatever, <laughs> that then uh, it's very difficult for the professor to to say that you didn't pass the exam. A professor must go through special effort for you. It's practically made impossible to do. So uh, you can go in all this direction. In some other countries, already... Uh, There was a serious movement somewhere in the south even. I would expect this more from California or the crazy around Seattle, northwest, that uh, ugly people made a similar move. They claimed that that, uh, in the same way that we give priority if all other conditions are the same to blacks, other races, we should do it also for ugly people. Because uh, they are... They are, okay, they are, they are st- uh, structurally weaker and so on and so on. So I, to conclude, I will not talk too I want to take an example, my own, which I enjoy immensely. They are idiots of my type. Did you hear in the United States, it's now, it's marginal. But don't joke, there are hundreds of thousands of so-called in cells. Involuta- involuntary celibates. These are white, they identify this, ugly people who are fat, whatever, who cannot get beautiful women. And they, that's so interesting, that's the paradox I want to draw your attention to. They otherwise don't like the discourse of human rights. They claim this is They follow Jordan Peterson here, although, to be fair, Jordan Peterson doesn't support them. They claim hierarchy is natural. You know, Jordan Peterson so wonderfully develops this with strange example where he passes from African tribes to lobsters and so on, proving how equality doesn't work and so on. So they are all for hierarchy, they are white supremacists against black, against women and so on. But what's so interesting is precisely what you mentioned with this uh, structural weakness and so on. But, But they claim that they occupy this position of structural weakness. They are not these strong, masculine, white heroes. They, in a weird game, they proudly display their ugliness, weakness and so on furious at women, society is not just. So, now I'm finally coming to my paradox. The paradox is that although they are absolutely against egalitarian human rights, and so on, there must be hierarchy, and so on, they make an exception. In matters of sexuality, they demand, of course they will not get it, I thought, they demand <laughs> from the state a new enforced distribution of women which will give also them women to have they claim this is a big injustice and although he would not go so far because what I find so ironic is that the mega models of alt-right right-wingers here all of a sudden become the most vulgar communists they never existed but I remember how one of the rumors against uh, Soviet Union was that uh, uh, in communism what did it mean? Uh, abolishing marriage as a private deal, it means communists are socialising women. Uh, women will be distributed to us. Isn't it ironic that this worst dream, which of course never happened in Soviet Union, I mean as reality, of what communists are is now emerging in the A in the middle of American alt right movement racist and B justifying itself on human rights. They claim the fact that some men are beautiful and so on gives them advantage. And now comes Jordan Peterson, who, not in this rough form, state distribution, but in enforced form, supports them. Because he said that because of this imbalance, only beautiful men can get more women. This is the reason for, A, uh, 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 lower, low, how to call it, low fertility, not enough children born in our society. You get here immediately those racist undertones, which means that the others will come who are more potent, Asians, uh, blacks, whatever. So we will, with, uh, with enforced monogamy, which means that, now, it depends how far you go. Jordan Peterson just said we need an ideological shift, social pressure. More radical ones advocate direct state redistribution of women. They claim we will solve two problems. A, lowering uh, this fertility rate, whatever, and B, violence of men. Their idea is that it's wonderful, I like this uh, perverted logic, when... Violent white men all of a sudden start to look objectively at themselves and talk like social workers and say, you know, violence is where society pushed us, this is the result of objective social conditions and so on and so on. So Jordan Peterson claims we will, at the same time, since all, every man will get a woman, we will solve two problems. Fertility will explode, more children will be, population will rise, and violence will go down. So, what I see here, to really conclude, so that I don't get too much time, is what interests me is this paradox. It's like in a maybe strip. You go on one side, bam, all of a sudden you are on the other side. How come that the most brutal white supremacist discourse all of a sudden needs human rights uh, I uh, okay, it's clear, it's crazy logic, but I think that we should be very careful here in the sense that it all depends, you've written wonderful pages on your book on revolution and elsewhere about immigrants like we, I am not a conservative who claims human rights should have a limit and so on and so on But in some sense, even if it's not in this radical sense, of course, I'm not a Trumpist that you mentioned, I think that there is some... I think that my position, okay, is the exact reversal of these crazy, ugly guys, which doesn't mean I'm not ugly, but... (laughs) My position is precisely, yes, in social life, universality of human rights, but expect of, uh, of course cases of rape, power and so on uh, uh, but uh, concede defeat in matters of sexuality sexuality is for me in some sense immanently unjust there is no justice there somebody gets the beautiful woman somebody gets the beautiful man and so on and so on you cannot talk about you cannot uh, you cannot apply here the logic of obscene me too, in the sense of you got that beautiful lady, me too, I want her also, and so on. (laughs) It doesn't function. The ones who use this language are again extreme, okay, populist, not extreme for the time being, right-wingers. I'm always interested why, because it's not just Trump. When why? Because one of the Trump revolutions is that a certain way to talk, which was still now reserved to private, you know, like after the talk, we go to a cafeteria and then you, all your racist prejudices, bad taste jokes explode. But Trump is more and more bringing this out into the public. For example, when he named some countries, hole countries and so on and so on. And so it always interests me what happens in those structural moments when such vulgarity becomes acceptable. It's also, as you would have put it with Weinstein, it's a structural change. For example, I hope you know this story, Kaczynski, the de facto boss of Poland. Already when his party was first to take power, I don't know how many years ago... Something strange happened, unexpected. He when he was asked what is his program, he said I hope if there are some people who speak Polish here I pronounce in the right way teras kurwa mi which is a very vulgar expression from military, I think. It means now it's our turn to screw the whore. You know when soldiers wait in line, no? Like the idea was of course forget about programme now it 's us, but what was so shocking was that people first thought that this is just a momentary slip, and so on. No, he went on repeating it, it became a legend, and so on and you, as all of us, and old Maoists, do you remember the same no, moment? I mean, we were all, my God, this is, you know, like all, 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 all Germans were in the late 30s, Nazis. Mm-hmm. Okay, we have a different thing. No, do you remember that famous Lushan conference at yeah. the end of the Great Leap Forward, where Mao, there were millions who died, not necessarily involuntary death and Mao convoked a big conference to do self-criticism and he said yes I'm the most responsible but we have to go through self-criticism and then you should read it, the last paragraph is shocking because he made, I with all my bad taste, I I was shocked, he said it's like when you need to shit, shit it will make you feel better, when you have wind in you, fart, do it, it will make you feel better. So, let's do it. Isn't it a little bit weird when you are talking about self-criticism for causing the death of millions of people, the metaphor comes to you of those flatulence activities and so on. Why, 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 does, this, why does this happen? So, to conclude, more and more, I think, following your line that... Uh, It's not simply Trump versus me too political correctness. In some sense, my God, they are the mirror of each other. They belong belong together, I think, the way they do it. And we have to break the entire thing. So again, uh, to give you a brutal answer, I think with sexuality we have to concede. And if you want to be Marxist, my God, even Marx... I think in, in, uh, in one of those early writings, uh, Holy Family or whatever, he praises this injustice and madness of love and sexual passion. Like, it comes, it goes, you cannot do it, and so on and so on. So, of course, there are other things to decide here, like... <laughs> What, we, what do we understand with human rights? What do we understand by equality and so on and so on? But I, but I still... And I don't think that the situation is determined. For example, I can well imagine a society where women are, we are not yet there, in the position of power and sex act is not experienced as men exerting power but as men serving women you have to do it to satisfy her she demands it and so on and so on it can work so I see the situation as completely open but I agree with you we are here in the time of incredible changes sorry too much Let's great go on. thank you so
2: much uh...
3: think maybe he should reply or what and then we play democracy No, like uh, then uh,
2: yeah yeah because you replied to him so yeah, yeah, yeah just, no, if you want to respond to breaking through trump and political yeah. correctness at the same time
0: uh, it was very <laughs> <laughs> what program do we have that's very, very interesting to have all, all these examples uh, some of them i knew some some others i i, I didn't uh, didn't know or not not exactly in the same with the same uh, pre- precision, so th- thank you thank you for that uh, I think we we may agree on the, on the fact that you have a sort of uh, uh, relationship uh, between uh, between uh, well trump uh, as a sort of incarnation of uh, of a structural uh, individual incarnation of a structural change in, in 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 politics and especially U.S. politics, and the the Me Too movement, uh, like the sort of the two faces of uh, of the same uh, same coin, uh, which doesn't mean that uh, it's the same image. Uh, on the two faces, on the contrary, the, the two faces uh, are, are c- quite different in terms of representation. But they are the two faces of the same, the same coin. And uh, it seems to me uh, that uh, uh, there was no necessity for that. I mean, it could, it could, uh, imagine, for instance, what everyone thought uh, plaus- uh, plausible. Um, imagine Hillary Clinton being uh, president, president of the United States, just now. You you would not have this uh, uh, two faces of the same coin. You would have one face of of a certain coin, and uh, uh, so. It, to some extent, it, it's a completely haphazard uh, event, the fact that Trump uh, won the election. Uh, <clears throat> but this haphazard uh, 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 event cre- creates the conditions for. A very important structural change, both in terms of representations of the sexual acts mm-hmm. and in terms of representations of what are the possible, the, the eventual, the possible limits in uh, political expression. The idea that uh, Trump promotes—that is that there are no limits there are no limits mm-hmm. uh, <coughs> so human rights uh, are not a limit in political expressions uh, U.S. Constitution is not a limit for political, uh, political expression or even decision. Um, big institutions like uh, CIA or FBI or uh, IRS uh, that are, in fact... Really, the, the pillars of the of the uh, U.S. society uh, for uh, for uh, Trump are no uh, are, uh, do, do not limit anything, mm. and that goes, I think, with uh, with the fact that uh, he considers that as opposed to the, to Me Too uh, the Me Too movement. There is no sense in speaking of structural weakness as opposed to material uh, weakness and force. There is only material force and, and weakness. And In fact, material weakness doesn't exist uh, as such. It's, it's, it's only the result of the, uh, the uh, use of uh, material force. Uh, and so... Uh, if you combine the use of material force as a sort sort of end and beginning of uh, political action on the one hand and on the other hand the fact that there are no limits at all in language and decisions in uh, institutional uh, analysis then you have something, something that in the history of United States and in history of the Western world is uh, is quite new. Uh, I, I, I don't want to, to 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 expand, but it would be very interesting to uh, to to draw a sharp distinction between the savageness. Of Hitlerian uh, power and the uh, the other type of savageness of, uh, of the Trumpian of the Trumpian power, uh, there, there there is a deep deep difference, uh, but uh, we won't discuss that now. I'm just indicating uh, that the novelty of uh, what is happening uh, is is uh, is quite. Uh,
3: Don't be afraid. Just one small remark When you said what Trump is doing, no limits. Recently, mm-hmm. I was at some stupid meeting where there was also a guy who was second in command when Tillerson was still foreign minister, Bozov. and he told me how the American traditional state establishment experiences Trump. And it's a very nice point to understand life in institution, in real life, you know? Explicit rules are never enough. Mm. They are always sustained by implicit rules, how you do it, and so on and so on. And that's, I'm almost sorry, tempted to say with horror, the genius of Trump. He knows, for example, president makes certain decisions, speaks in a certain way, but it is expected that he will speak with a certain decency, that he will consult. It's not written as a rule. Mm -hmm. And Trump is a master to to ignore all these Mm -hmm. implicit rules, which are absolutely basic. That's the big Mm -hmm. lesson of social ethics for me. Social explicit rules are never alone. They are always sustained by implicit rules. The big To know the system, it's not enough to know its rules. You must know the implicit meta-rules of how to apply these rules. For example, permit me, and then I stop my favorite joke, which I use even with my class. Imagine it's a dream. We are in Moscow, 37, I'm Stalin. Everybody has the right to dream. I, I give a speech. You applause. Then there is a debate to the Central Committee. One of you says, uh, I don't agree with Comrade Stalin, he made some mistakes here and so on and so on. Okay, we know what this means. Next day the big question will be, who was the last to see that guy alive? Okay, but then another idiot raises his hand and says to the first guy, are you crazy? We are in Soviet Union, you are not expected to criticize Stalin like this. My point is, the second guy would would have disappeared even faster. It wasn't just prohibited to criticize Stalin. It was prohibited even more to say publicly that you are not allowed to criticize Stalin. And, you know, Trump is breaking these secondary rules. And that's why I am, I am really afraid, you know, like, what if he will win? The only, second time, the only chance I see in this no limits, but maybe I'm too crazy optimist here, is that the new, whatever we call it, I still call it left, but I'm more and more skeptical about that, will also use this new open space to propose its own new rules, you know. These rules automatically are, you know who is a true genius of America for me? You know him, I hope. Samuel Goldwyn, the producer. And you know one of the legends. Once he read in newspapers that there are too many old cliches in his films and he wrote a memo to his scenario department we urgently need new cliches <laughs> and that's true he was right the true art of revolutionary social life it's not to be original every idiot can be that but to make gesture will be become new cliches that's the task today i've spoken too much oh
2: thank you for that. i think we will open it up to the is that Ch- jacqueline at the end yeah, I think some people have to leave at 6.00, yeah? Because there's another, there's another, even the BIH starts at... Jacqueline? Yes. yes. Okay.
5: Thank you, but I'm sorry to speak first because I have to go and chair yeah. Derek direct 6.30. Otherwise, I would have loved to have stayed and heard what everybody has to say. And both those interventions were remarkable. But something I think was sort of missing... And I think what was missing was, oddly enough, psychoanalysis. Let me explain. It is not new, jean francois Nunez, this is not new what you have described. The idea that there is a structural weakness, which means that there is never consent, which means that there is never equality, is called radical feminism. Right, And it goes back to Adrian Rich's amazing article, Compulsive sexuality, Heterosexuality and Lesbian Existence, where she argued in the 70s that there was no such thing as consent. It is Catherine McKinnon's position. It is Andrea Dworkin's position. We have had this for a very, very long time. So that's the first thing I want to say. You were saying that Trump wants to be Weinstein. Slavoj was saying that they are flip sides, that Me Too and White and Trump are flip sides of the same coin. Those are two very different political statements, and I don't want to hear Me Too tarred with the brush of Trumpism as some pseudo-political correctness. I think we have to operate in three modes at once, and in relationship to sexuality, human rights, and sexual harassment, and it's almost impossible to do it. One is sexual harassment is unacceptable and must be stopped, right? That is the Me Too movement. That's all it's saying, bringing to the surface a form of structural abuse which has been systematic across Hollywood, across farm working, wherever you look. First, we, it must stop. Secondly, none of us fulfill the identities we are protesting against. That's the psychoanalytic move, which is to say that nobody is simply a man or a woman. So although there is a structural inequality at the level of lived experience and sexual abuse, there is also, and if this wasn't true, we would be lost in the world. It would be finished, feminism would be finished. Although that is true, nobody completely fulfills the identity that they are meant to fulfill. There are no simply men in the world. There are no simply women in the world. At the same time, and this is the third point, There is what Julia Mitchell calls the ugly undertow of sexual difference, right? There is something about the moment of sexual differentiation which corrupts itself and leads to abuse. So it seems to me this is a clear case of a political moment where we have to articulate all those truths at once and sort of come to terms with a mess of results as a consequence. But please don't equate me, too, with political correctness and with the other face of Donald Trump. And please don't say it's new...
2: The idea that consent is never consent. That's been a fight within feminism for five decades now. Well, I love listening to you. Thank you. <laughs> uh, do you want to rest- is was- yeah.
0: Do you want to respond? I thank you for. for, for 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 this precision uh, I'm quite quite aware of the fact that uh, the point I made was already made uh, in uh, in uh, feminist uh, let let us call even proto-feminist literature but in the same way uh, Marx uh, stated uh, his, uh, his analysis uh, a long time ago. Uh, nevertheless, it, it is uh, interesting to 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 point out uh, the effectiveness of this analysis uh, in the case of uh, uh, of what is happening now. Uh, on the side of women, of it seems to me that there is a mass movement, uh, as opposed to uh, the situation where f- the feminism was not a mass movement uh, in, uh, in, uh, in in. Western countries in general, uh, and this change is not purely quantitative, it's also qualitative, the fact that uh, a certain type of idea, uh, uh, ideas uh, are becoming uh, uh, it is sort of... Uh, uh, the fuel for, for 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 a mass movement uh, is, to, in my mind, something that that changes the situation. So the same idea may be different between the the, the period when when it was not present in the, in the mass movement and uh, in uh, the period where, where, where it is present in, in the mass movement. Uh, the same thing happened to, to Marx and uh, uh, when he wrote his analysis in, in the middle of the 19th century. Uh, it, it, nobody knew about that and it became after that uh, an, an element of, of mass mobilization.
2: Uh, we've got lots of more questions. Did you want to respond, Slavo? Shall we open it up to this? I think there's quite a lot of questions. For no, the but audience.
0: can I just briefly answer? I'm oh,
2: so please.
3: sad because this is the eternal problem here. That I, I also want to clarify things. The most problematic point: Trump, me too. Of course, I'm not in any way equating them, in the sense of their, how to put it, politically, morally, somehow two faces of the same in the sense that they are the same. I'm just, I must admit, uh, I'm just uh, a little bit more, and I know you can always say, but Me Too is doing reflection and so on and so on. I know Me Too is not the same with political correctness and so on and so on. I'm just saying that, that for me, some, they... In a way form a certain space where they fit each other as target, and they are not the same, and so on and so on in what sense in the sense that Trump is almost the ideal enemy for me too in a quite justified way, and me too is the in a broader sense is the ideal enemy for from. And I don't have now, now time to go I've written extensively on it. You may agree or not. But I think more and more that... that uh, okay, you can always say there are some other theories and so on and so on. But the way Me Too is predominantly present in the media to cut it. Short, I find it problematic. I don't buy it. I don't think they approach. Although it, it, yes, of course, you can always tell me. But there are here, there, are some, and so on, and so on. I think that. Uh, I think that we approach here even more fundamental problems. Like Jacqueline very nicely pointed out that I know that tradition, McKinnon and so on, and so on. I think that that is also an ideological vision. You cannot in any way this idea that penetration as such makes sexuality violent don't make the same mistake as right-wingers are doing, and I'm not saying Jacqueline did it, she just referred to it, but in the sense that all these ideas that sexual act is by nature, if it's the so-called... Heterosexual act men penetrating women I absolutely don't accept this quick jump from nature to uh, social power and so on and so on and so on. Of course it was social power and so on but the great thing about uh, not so much me too but the great thing about sexual revolution in the 60s to which I do cling is that you know what I would like more in feminist revolt, instead of just this uh, this idea that you get that women are under threat all the time I would like to point out the great achievement for me of the 60s and this achievement is to which male chauvinists react in their violence, the achievement is that women are should be allowed to play the active role in the sense of yes i can be active i can seduce i'm not the one waiting to be seduced and so on that's for me what really pieces off all types of fundamentalists they are what horrifies them is a sexually active woman in the sense of actively demand-promoting, and so on and so on. That's what I, that's, I think, again, uh, the greatest. And here, I think, uh, in, because, you know, and I have, sorry, I have another problem here to provoke you. That's why I think it's basically wrong, this complaint, this became a turn. We women don't want to be objectivised. Sorry, but the victim, the slave, is never objectivized simply. It's subjectivized in a terrifying way. A sadist, if it's a true sadist, doesn't objectivize you. A sadist, sub- sadist doesn't just torture you. The sadist wants to see you suffering, wants to see your despair. That's what a sadist wants. So if by objectivization we mean a woman wants to make herself uh, to attract men, whatever. Yes, I say, objectivize yourself as much as you want, but control the game yourself. I'm talking too much, I'm sorry, we don't have time.
2: Uh, there's another event that, uh, okay, why Why don't two people who have to go,
3: no, yeah, yeah, we take yeah, yeah, two. Yeah. But a did, you, did you post a policeman there so that. I, keep, I told him to
2: keep up... yeah.
3: All the names, <laughs> all the everyone so that we who's get left. the
6: traitors, you know. Yeah. yeah.
2: <laughs> We have two questions. i take two at a time. David and. Uh, yeah. Uh, so, i have
6: give very quick questions to Savage Uh I thought your talk might engage with and didn't. Uh, the question brought up by the incel problem, which Amir Srinivasan has talked about. No, the I right know to sex.
3: In Latvia, among the,
6: the right to sex. And that is the question of how is there a way of questioning sexual desire as constituted politically itself, not necessarily going to rights in some other way because otherwise you exclude this, the problem that has uh, arisen that, uh, for example, on dating websites you get overt racism in the adverts. And so your approach, which says sex is in some sense unjust inherently, doesn't allow us to question how sex might be, sexual desire itself might be constituted in a field of power, not just in enactment but at the moment of desire itself. Yeah, but <laughs> sorry, very briefly. But you know what,
3: what's the danger that I see in what you are saying here? Of course, this is all true. And also, this is what bothers me. For example, any sexual analyst will tell you, which I am not. Let's say a woman is coerced subtly. It appears as an objective contract, but she is coerced into, even if she says freely yes. I'm sorry to say this, you will lynch me. What is being coerced is part of the pleasure for her. That's the lesson for me. Of, uh, for example, I'm sorry to mention it, you will lynch me. Uh, Fifty Shades of whatever, Grey Noir, and so on. And I, I am, I couldn't read the novel. It's too vulgar. But I think it's an emancipatory novel because that's the message of the novel. It's not women want to be, want to suffer, and so on and so on. The Masochist contract was traditionally. Uh, men to symbolically pay for their power, want a uh, domina to weep them and so on, but they control the game. So I think, I know, I know, but what I'm, what I'm saying now, in, uh, sorry, in what uh, you were saying is that what I am afraid, really afraid, and correct me where I'm wrong, is that yes, but you know, sexuality is Perverted. What if, what if, I don't think there is a pure desire which remains when you take away all the nastiest stuff in ourselves. Racist desires, humiliating the weak, and so on and so on. I, this is what I don't believe in. That you take all the brutal social aspects and think, no, we will have some pure sex where two equals meet and so on and so on. So you, you know where I see and I experienced it, not me witnessing it. The danger I see is I agree totally that we should do all this, what you said. Analyze the political power, I don't know how to put it, over determination, how it forms sexual desire itself. What I'm terribly afraid is that at the end of this road is now that some politically correct jerks, not you, will even prescribe us how to desire, you know. I desire that woman, then a PC analyst will come, this is what I see at the end of the road, and tell me, sorry, this desire for that woman was formed by your feeling of superiority, blah, blah. Sorry, guy, it's off another guy. You know, I, I see this danger when you try to directly politically regulate, and it's happening. It's happening in practice, In, for example, at a comical level. I came with my wife here, who said, I don't know who, uh, uh, it may be a comedy for you, to England uh, three, four years ago, and she admired some movie actors. Of course, in this banter, sexual undertones, oh, I would gladly do it with him. And she immediately was counter-reproached, claiming, no, you are allowed to dream about, I don't know at that point, Irish actors, Gabriel Byrne, and so on, were considered more liamism.
1: <laughs> consider-
3: no, no, dream about that. This is the wrong guy to dream about, <laughs> and so on. In France, I experienced the same. I don't like, uh, what the, the, the lady, my God, she's... Uh, no, Emmanuel Bear and another one. And I was told, yes, it's good to dream about them, they are progressive, you know. But we should accept yeah. the inner corruption of sex if you want it like this. So, again, I totally agree with you. You can do, but just don't make that faithful step into some kind of a political commissar telling you now it's okay to desire that woman or what. That's my fear. But I got your point, thanks. There were two on the right side.
2: David and then...
6: Well, I yeah. have to yeah. ask uh, a yeah. yeah. question, but it's political. Uh, I was reading the book by Elena Supancic. Yeah, and she said something like, "The task of psychoanalysis is to restore sex in its dimension of the real What exactly by, by the book? So uh, my question is, what is the status of the real in, in this discussion? Because I, uh, yesterday we told. Uh, told me something about Miller. Have some idea of the real. But you uh, thinks it's something about the real. I think Gregory Rose uh, have uh, another uh, idea of the real. So, what is the status of the real in this discussion? And uh, if you can, it's a wonderful question. But
3: I'm afraid to enter into it now because it would have meant another uh, twenty. I all I'm saying is that what I insist on is that Lacanian real is not in any sense the. Kantian thing in itself or something out of symbolic order, just some wild abyss of chaos, whatever. The real is, for me, as Lacan puts it so beautifully in encore, I think. Le real c'est une impasse de formalisation or whatever. The real exists, is totally immanent to the symbolic, it's, it's immanent limitation, point of failure, antagonism, and so on and so on. It's not that Don't go into this substantialist idea, which is wrong, even Kant is in reality more subtle, that We have the symbolic order, which tries to recapture some external real, but it fails because the real is out there, wild, and so on. The real is totally imminent, but I'm sorry, I'm afraid to go into this now.
6: Uh, Yeah, next. It's also in relation to Alinka's book. Uh, I think her argument is basically sexual difference emerges through a lack in language, which is the lack of uh, the signifier and the signifier of the lack, And if there is temporality in this argument, can we think sexual difference before language? Or is sexual difference something that emerges only through language? And how does that relate to the field of law? Because the field of law is also a field of
3: language. Again, I'm afraid this is a very difficult, almost Mm -hmm. metaphysical topic. But I know what she means. Her her point is not... Her polemic is precisely against this... uh, how should I call it, discourse theory, her target explicit is Judith Butler, that sexual difference is the result of discursive discourse, discursive formation and so on. No, her point is simply that there is a stumbling block. But this, the re, uh, uh, imagine a central point of failure and all symbolization is a reaction to cope with this failure. But... And here, the only answer I can give you is circularity. Yes, all language reacts to a failure, but this failure is retroactively posited by language itself. It's not that. Uh, it's not that first we have some failure in nature and then we get language and so on and so on. It's it's immanent. That's for me the greatness of Lacan to see this, to see this how failure how. Uh, Uh, Even this is how I read Lacan's definition of subject. I was improvising about this today. Subject fails to fully articulate itself in symbolic. And this failure is the subject. Mm -hmm. Subject exists only as a failure. This is why I mentioned, and here so that you will not only say that I spit on them, the greatest achievements of transgender, this LGBTQ+. the the genius of some of uh, transgenic theories is to see that this plus is not just empirical, you know. It's not just, okay, we have ten categories, who knows, maybe there are others, we should leave the space open. No, you can be directly the plus. Mm. Plus is not just a shorthand for subjectivity itself is this plus. So again, I can only say to correct my impression, my deepest sympathy with all the transgender stuff and so on but I'm sorry, my God, we cannot go through It's, this it's
2: really hot and I was, can we open the door at the back? <laughs> Is it possible? We need, uh, I mean, we don't have much longer anyway and there's a few questions. So when people argue time. like
3: this, it's theoretical fear behind
2: you. Fear <laughs> uh, and uh, behind you as well. <laughs> well, yeah,
4: okay, so yes. two now. I cannot okay. even
3: provoke you, sorry. <laughs>
4: okay, so thank you so Thank you so much. And my question is to uh, Jean-Claude Miller. And the question is this. So, you've mentioned throughout your talk, you, you made a big point of it, that there's a difference between uh, structural difference, structural position, and you say, you've said many times it's not objective. So, first of all, uh, my question is this. Can this then be shifted in some way? So, what does it really mean? So we know, I mean, it's very simple to, to bring it to sort of practicalities in a higher educational situation, a professor having an affair with a student. This is now prohibited for sure, and we know that. It's easy if the professor is a man and the student is a young woman. But what happens, and we know it's happening in New York, so it's not uh, theoretical, what happens if the woman is an older woman and the student... Is um, is well, is a powerful man? But wait a minute. So my question not is this: or not powerful man. But what if he is quite powerful? Or yeah. not powerful? So how and what about which sort of speaks to your question? What about if these people are people of different embodiments, different race, different color, and different class? So, which structure trumps, and excuse the, the, mm. the, the, the phrase, the other? What is it? So, the structure of, for sure, because you mentioned a few times men and women. Of course, with Winston, it's very simple. These were aspiring actresses, something went wrong, sexual harassment, sure. But it's not, usually it's not so simple.
0: Usually it's more complex. it's, never, it's no. never simple. I agree. It's, not, it's never simple. And... Uh, uh, it's, it's, of course, what, what what I'm pointing out is 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 a is sort of framework and. Achieve this structure without a revolution is my question. Uh, I, I want to answer to to your case. I mean, uh, not in detail, but uh, but uh, it, it's clear that, uh, for instance, think. Uh, it's an analogy. Think of the uh, O.J. Simpson uh, trial, mm-hmm. uh, where uh, where the question of the structurally weak uh, uh, appeared uh, in, in, in contradiction with the uh, with the uh, material uh, material, and all the, this type of contradiction will would appear. Uh, very often, uh, in, in the case you mentioned of an older uh, professor, a woman professor, uh, having an affair with a younger student, uh, and so on and so on, well, that's uh, you, you will have many, many cases, like, uh, well, not many, I don't know, but... Uh, it's impossible to say whether there will be numerous or not, but uh, it's it's clear that uh, you, you will have a, a contradiction uh, in that case. And uh, the fact that you have contradictions in uh, rep- social representations is not a new novelty. I mean, it's always uh, so. If the question is how how would you deal with that I, I, can, I cannot answer it I'm not in position to deal with that I'm just saying well I, I can predict that there will be cases like that contradictions like that uh, the way it uh, that will be, uh, be dealt with is something that uh, cannot be predicted because because uh, you enter in, 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 a, in, a, in, a, in an infinite in infinite quantity of, of of factors. But uh, that, that's not uh, that's not uh, uh, in itself a novelty. But at the end of of your uh, question, you mentioned revolution. Uh, could you precise your...
4: I was thinking about linguistics. You know, there are structures of a variety of sorts in a yeah. sentence. You could yeah. have a relationship between, uh, you know, subject, object, subclause, and so on. Within, If you take the subclause, the relationship between these words is different than if you look at the big structure. Mm-hmm. If, I, um, if I'm a student, if I'm a Zizek, um Slavo student, and I actually sort of was, in a way, mm-hmm. one could say, well... Um, what happens if something happens between these two people? They're in a structure. She's a student. He's a professor. If they have an affair, she clearly must be abused. Now, can one not question it and say, "Well, wait a minute"? But maybe she's a well-known person in her own right. She's quite powerful anyway. So, when is how do we define the structure? What you know, it's simple with Winston. It's not simple
0: in other structures. No. In, I, I, my position is not uh, that, that one. I mean, I'm, I'm not talking a, de- a departure from what happens empirically, and then built up a structure. It seems to me that in uh, a question was raised about real. In my talk, the question of real never appeared, yeah, yeah. because because I, I, I was explicitly talking about representations that is, in fact, imaginary. Uh, representation and the imaginary representation of the sexual act, not of the sexual desire. I'm not, saying, I'm not saying anything about sexual desire, just about sexual act. And uh, the fact that the sexual act should be represented in uh, social representation is not new. I mentioned two models. And it, 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 in that field that it seems to me that something is happening. And something, uh, it seems to me, is not connected with empirical cases, but with representations. And after that, you go back with your system of representation to to, to, uh, to uh, empirical facts but that's generally is the case ideology doesn't begin with facts uh, and built uh, built. Uh, it's a country you, you, you begin by ideology and you go to the facts after that and, uh, and uh, of course it never fits ideology and facts never fit so this is an ideological representation. I'm not saying it's wrong or true, it's just saying I'm just saying it happens.
3: Can I very briefly? Just, because sure. I found your point so interesting. First uh, uh, this, what you also said, power and so on. Look, I had in my class the last year, there was a debate about, you know, Monica Levinsky. Yeah, yeah. She now also tried to join, to join uh, Me Too. Like, Bill Clinton should have seen that She had a position of immense power, blah, blah, blah. But in a way, she doesn't have the right to say this because it's absolutely clear that him being such a powerful man was absolutely constitutive of her desire for him. And it's hypocritical to say, no, you should go to some political... You know what I mean? It's here what I wanted is to say that things get uh, 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 complex. Second point, what you, and it was, I think, not maybe perceived enough, one crucial point you make is that it's not simply structural strength and structural weakness. At some point, in some situations, reference to your weakness can in itself become a way to assert your power especially if I may add in American academia I experience this all the time once I was involved in a debate I think it was even NYU and somebody told me not I don't agree with you here and there but I'm a black lesbian single mother and I don't agree with you I was quite shocked because it wasn't done between the lines but direct like You cannot. And so uh, I think that although there is a truth in it, I don't mock, there are victims. But you know, in a certain, and with this I will conclude, in a certain social constellation, it's always important for a movement to see which, I believe in this uh, dialectic of. There is always some concrete constellation or image which, as Marx put it, apropos production, gives the color to universality. And that's one of my problems with Me Too, Weinstein. Okay, an aspiring actress was blackmailed, raped, I agree it all, it was horrible by him. But wait a minute, this was one unpleasant event and so on. Can you imagine the misery, now I will sound pathetic but I mean it very sincerely, of millions of women for whom being misused, it's not once there on that day I had that horrible experience, who are daily softly abused by their husbands and so on, who have no way out, no media, who depend materially on him. So I would like more to hear about this daily life misuse, which is part of many marriages of women, and this, you know, I don't like that the model became Weinstein, he is a pig, of course, but it's this, you know, the typical way we in the West generally perceive catastrophes. For us, a catastrophe is, oh, terrorist attack bomb, and then we do the morning, we go on, what about other parts of the world in the Middle East, and so on, where in Africa, Congo, catastrophe is everyday life for years so and that's the last remark to you, no wonder you sp- spoke about older women, pupil, young men that 's your president no that 's the great honor of france <laughs> that's no, that's true. he that's happily, true. he happily realized this yeah.
2: <laughs> but the point you made about um... Yeah, uh, the Weinstein case. I mean, like uh, the Me Too movement, of course, has been opposed in France, in particular, more spectacularly. But what th- you were saying about the everyday harassment uh, and the everyday injustice of women—I mean, Claire Denise, the French filmmaker, yeah. was making that point. Yeah. But there's also the famous or infamous letter that 100 French. Uh, yeah. You Deneuve. mean Catherine
3: Deneuve? Yeah. yeah.
0: yeah no, yeah. I'm yeah. not Catherine, Catherine Deneuve. Deneuve. Uh, I must signed say. Uh,
2: signed which, it, but then don't do it. it's
0: very. Uh, but but the, 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 the uh, I mean the driving force uh, behind this uh, this letter uh, is a is, uh, is a writer uh, a woman writer uh, quite uh, quite well known of course her, her name is escaping uh, just yeah, now because uh, I didn't, I didn't immediate go. memory yeah, yeah. is something Sof- that goes away with uh, with use so. Uh, <laughs> Uh, I I remember it I can't remember it either Uh, but uh, what is interesting is that this uh, woman writer uh, who is well known in in her own right uh, is uh, representative of the fact that women should be sexually dominant and free I mean they choose their partner, they choose their, uh, their, their destiny, and so on and so on. And she mm. believed and felt that in uh, putting women in the class of what I call structurally weak mm. was in fact depriving them mm. of this uh, of this uh, freedom. Agency. Yeah. 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 So.
2: No. I really like your point about uh, expanding this to on the international scene amongst countries, you know, and um, having countries sort of admit to the idea that actually we are weak. Therefore, you know, we're being harassed and oppressed by. You know. but,
3: uh, yeah, uh, but that's the last thing I promise, you, you know, uh, in the same line as yeah, wa- sorry, uh, at that Weinstein problem. I also think, you know, how does we should ask this simple question: <laughs> all did sexual contract debate, before we jump into bed, we should sign it, and so on. But are we aware that this privileges, secretly, a certain mode of sexual exchange? It's basically, you are in some bar and want to do a one-night stand. (laughs) I mean, and it makes me pretty... I am here an incur- incurably romantic, how should I put it? I don't think that quick one-night stands, okay, I like you, I'm horny, sign a contract, let's do it. I wouldn't like to elevate this into the secret universal model of sexual exchange. And this doesn't mean that if it's a long-term exchange there is no violence no, maybe there is even more violence because in a one-night stand you can then say, hi, I never want to see you again or whatever but the true tragedy is if you engage in long-term enge- uh, relationship but then you discover and so on and so on, sorry I talked to much. I
2: there's one last question, or oh, two last questions okay, at the front, Who is the second oh, three. one? Ah. can we take them all together because there's only, yeah so my question is,
6: does sexuality inherently resist this explicit recipe or rule? So you are talking about the contract of uh, uh, fornication and bureaucracy, some kind of intruder to this sphere of uh, uh, human practice that uh, resists this uh, implicit rule. Uh, yeah, yeah. uh, but then in, in other parts of your work, you talk about, uh, you evoke this example of a couple that has uh, problems in their sex life, and um, you're evoking this... Uh, um, well, if if they would write down like on a piece of paper, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, precisely. Then then that might work. So there's, I, I feel like there is a conflict there about uh, about uh, these explicit rules work in sex or not, does sexuality inherently resists. Do we do what you said? Yes, I think we do. Very yeah. short question. Very short question to both of you, if I may. Given your relationship to Marxism, how would you respond to this, I think, uh, somewhat prevalent question that uh, today the principal category, the um, organizing principle in terms of categories are, uh, is uh, gender and not class? absolutely
3: when I am in power for saying this you will go to gula no no I'm
6: not supporting it I'm just saying that it might be (laughs) posing this but the question is no I'm sorry no you you. (laughs) Why, why the fixation with the American scene is this a case of is this a case of is America an exaggeration, an aberration of the West or of Europe? Because this could be a case of, look at us, nice Europeans, we look at the horror show, and they're crazy. They're like, you know, we, are, we are a little bit better than they, and is this, that's, isn't this re, a risky move? In so, with such an obsession with America, which is the is the is the daily dish that we get in the media, you. and you guilty of narrowing down the scope of vision, but also the use of your examples and details, information, and disregarding precisely the whole collective suffering of those women suffering on a daily basis by focusing on Weinstein and Trump and this type of thing.
0: What's that? And I answer very, very, very briefly to, to not to the three questions, but to two of them, because the first one was addressed really to Slavoj. Uh, if I understood clearly, uh, what your point was that uh, we argue in terms of gender, not in terms of class. Is that? That's uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Well, my my point is that. In fact, uh, the talk about gender, which is very prominent, is not relevant to what is happening now. Uh, If I I insist about the, the Weinstein's case, it's precisely for that reason. It seems that the notion of gender doesn't capture anything that... Uh, that uh, explains what, why uh, the Weinstein case creates such such a scandal uh, with the notion of, of gender. What, what, what can you say except repeat? In, in translate in terms of gender uh, what, what, what happened here. and uh, it seems to me precisely that uh, it was my point that the notion of structure, structurally weak and structurally uh, 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 strong was in fact a way of Finding again a notion of class, except that it was not defined in, in economic terms. Uh, and I think with that, you're much more able to, to capture what, what is at stake in, in cases like uh, Weinstein Affair or, or harassment. I mean, uh, uh, it's not the same case, but it's connected, uh, since harassment is connected with something that involves the possibility of a sexual act, even though the sexual act may not be uh, accomplished in itself. But uh, the idea is that uh, between sexual harassment and sexual acts and rape, you have a continuity, a sort of gradation, uh, differences not of nature but, but but of degree. And about, uh, about the question about the United States, my own position is that there is no autonomy of European countries in general in terms of ideological representation uh, with respect not to America but to United States. And I prefer always to say United States, Uh, America includes a lot of other countries, Uh, there is no uh, cultural or ideological uh, autonomy. So what happens in the United States will come in uh, the various countries of uh, Europe with a difference, of course, uh, uh, between Great Britain, who may become, since the Brexit, the 50th or 51st state state (laughs) of the United States. uh, God forbid. uh, Well, it's possible. But uh, it will happen more or less rapidly in countries like France like, uh, like uh, Italy and, 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 and countries like that so uh, the, the cultural leadership of the United States it's not a question of deriding I never deride what happens in the United States. When I'm when when I'm talking about Trump, in fact, I'm more deriding the the other countries. For instance, I was quite struck by the fact that uh, that uh, Trump behaved uh, with President Macron, the French president, uh, as uh, let's say. Uh, um, uh, sort of uh, dominant male would proceed with uh, with a young girl, uh, mm. uh, was, you know, uh, dusting away. I don't think that it they was uh, that. The, 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 the flakes. Mm. I think it was the traces of uh, of. Uh, uh, Trump's uh, makeup because <laughs> you know he has a, he has a, a very unnatural color, um, and uh, I think that um, when embracing uh, Macron, well, you had orange. Uh, f- traces yeah, yeah. Yeah. On, on on the shoulder. I don't think it, it was flakes, but uh, it's it's a gesture that an affectionate an affectionate uh, alpha male would have uh, towards uh, a young girl. So uh, it seems to me, uh, and that's also the reason why he is not at all uh, close to uh, Angela Merkel or Theresa May. Uh, because uh, Because he knows that uh, his own idea of uh, of uh, the relationship in politics being in fact deeply uh, modeled to uh, on uh, sexual relationship in that case he he, he is not uh, the winning partner he cannot use the technique of seduction and, uh, and things uh, think, uh, think like that. Uh, I would be interested, I don't know if it will happen, by, uh, by uh, a meeting between Trump and the Pope. <laughs>
2: but the the meeting between Macron and uh, Trump, I remember it. You know, another interpretation of the dusting of this yeah. tantra for the yeah, orange yeah. powder was, uh, you know, the gesture of what uh, old guerrillas do when a, a young guerrilla enters the scene. So the old guerrilla. Uh, Pretends to be solicitous of the young guerrilla's uh, welfare, but actually undermines him in the process, and this is
0: what yeah. anthropologists. That's, a, that's true, but yeah. both uh, both uh, explanations uh, mm. lead to the same results.
2: Exactly, right? that was all okay. right. Very your briefly, turn. Uh, uh, first you always say very briefly.
3: <laughs> uh, first, uh, what fascinates me, uh, I. I've written about it. I think they published it uh, two days ago. I don't know where digitally. Uh, what the dream I have about Trump and Kim Jong-un is that, with Trump's well-known sympathy for military parades and that was the states, that maybe Trump already said that he will invite Kim to to White House. What if then Kim will invite Trump back? To, to Pyongyang and Kim will organize for Trump, you know, this big socialist parade with hundreds of thousands of people trained to form Trump and Kim portray with all with those flags and so on, this mega spectacle. I think Trump will feel very well in that connection and so on. But more seriously, about... Uh, United States and so on. I agree with you. Of course, empirically, things get more complex. I recently listened to an interview with Steve Bannon, who praised the new Italian government, and he slightly misrepresented it as the combination of anti-establishment right, Northern League, and anti-establishment left, although I wouldn't agree here, uh, the, the five stars, and says this quite openly on CNN. He said, this is what we want. What Trump really is about is alt-right together with uh, Bernie Sanders. And uh, so here, as Bannon said, maybe we in Europe are even with this Mm -hmm. disgusting Mm -hmm. Italian Mm -hmm. coalition a step forward. But I totally agree with you. Don't ar- underestimate culturally the absolute hegemony of American culture. Chinese failed here. I spoke with a friend who told me, you know, the, their mega spectacles, like Hero, House of the Flying Daggers, they tried to invade the Hollywood territory and make their own mega commercial movies. Basically, they considered defeat, it doesn't work the last, so, just very short point one is harassment of course I'm fanatically against harassment but I think as I pointed out many times it's a very ambiguous term it's also an ideological term because I always see in harassment this fear of the neighbor don't come too close to me you know, it's fear of the desiring other so for me Although harassment is usually formulated in terms of tolerance against violent intrusion, it often also means I don't tolerate your proximity. Don't come too close to me. Uh, What you said about, uh, I cannot go into it, uh, about sexuality, I only think that, that even the example that may go counter my general line, that if a couple is in trouble... My advice is bureaucratic. You have problems to connect with your wife. Just don't follow some pseudo-oriental bullshit. Don't say, forget about rules, just do it immediately. No, do the opposite. Sit down and negotiate. First, I will kiss you there. No, I want first to put my finger there and so on. But I'm not saying that this directly works. I'm saying that this works by failure because yes. what I'm counting out is that at a certain point you will laugh at each other and say, my God, this is bullshit and whatever. What I'm just saying is that I don't think that this uh, in windows, uh, is not just a cultural complication of sexuality. This is the sexualization of life. This to do it in an immediate way, through nonsense, through failure, and so on. This is sexuality inscribed into the forum itself. Otherwise, I don't know what we'll get. But sexuality without this cultural coating and so on is not sexuality for me. It's just some animal coupling and so on. So let me tell you a wonderful anecdote, very brief, that a friend told me I love it. How he was at some conference flirting with a lady. And it went on like this. They were officially debating theory. So he wanted to make a point and chat in an active way. I want to approach things in this way. Uh, can I? And, but the point is that although they were debating about theory with his gestures, it was clear that, maybe he even didn't intend it, the point was, I want to approach you and grab you in this way, whatever. And the lady reacted wonderfully. He sa- she said, yes, you can. Then, with a brief break, stop, continued approach, made the theoretical point in this way. The beauty was that, although if you read the transcript, it was just a debate about some theoretical point, all the, the fact was already made and they ended up in bed and they are married now, if you want to. But you know what I... See, it's uh, like... What I want to tell you is that how much you lose if you say, OK, why didn't he tell her directly I want to grab you and she would... No, you ruin it all. And this is not just a matter of cultural forum. This forum itself uh, eroticizes the situation. Sexuality is, for me, a very formal category. Uh, animal sexuality itself should be sexualized through these complications. But I talk too much, sorry. <laughs>